This is chapter one, section four and five. Section four, completion. We look at the proof of theorem. Theorem four point one claims that for any given field K, there exists up to isomorphism, up to continuous norm-preserved isomorphism. In some sense, isometry. Such that it contains K and K is dense in it and it is complete for a key hat norm and this key hat norm is extension norm on K. In some sense they say that there is a unique extension of norm into its completion. There is there exists a completion of K up to isomorphism, which preserves the norm. Well, sketching the proof. We define CK to be the set of all Cauchy sequences in K. And we can define summation and multiplication for Cauchy sequences. Summation of Cauchy sequence Xn with Cauchy sequence yn is the summation is a Cauchy sequence xn plus yn. The multiplication of Cauchy sequence xn with Cauchy sequence yn is a Cauchy sequence xn times yn. The CK is a is a commutative ring. We now define I to be the Cauchy sequences in K such that its limit of Xn is zero. So the Cauchy sequence is limit zero. Actually, this will be the maximum ideal of the CK. And then key hat is defined to be CK quotient by the ideal I. Actually, it is a field, and we define the embedding i from k to k hat to map an element x to the sequence i x. Actually, not the, not the sequence i x because k hat is quotient space. Is quotient space, so x is mapped to i x, which is the class of the sequence, of the constant sequence with all term equals x. Now take any element in key hat and choose an arbitrary representative of this element alpha. Let's say xn and big equals y is a representative of alpha. Then now we are going to define the norm key hat. Actually, the theorem claims that there exists a field key hat endowed with a norm, norm key hat. Now we are going to define this norm key hat. This norm key hat is defined to be norm key hat of alpha equals the limit of key norm of xn, and let n goes to infinity. This is the sketch and proof, and you show that it's unique. We don't do too many things here. Now going to section five, I'm going to prove this theorem 
5.1 theorem 5.1 is exactly the theorem which we have gave description as follows let's say there exists a unique extension of norm k to a finite extension of a normed of a complete normed field k in other in other words given a complete normed field k then for any finite extension l over k with index with dimension n the theorem 5.1 says that there exists a unique extension of the norm k to the extension the field l and it is given by the formula the l norm of x equals the k norm of norm of l over k evaluate on x outside we put the power 1 over n for any element x in the extended field L. Let's prove it. We first prove the uniqueness. Suppose norm L and norm L prime are two extensions of norm k to L. And then L is finite extension of k implies that it is a vector space over k of finite dimension n. So norm 1, norm L, and norm L prime are two norms on L viewed as a vector space over K. K is a complete field. So by the theorem 5.2 we mentioned in the result section episode, norm L and norm L prime define the same topology on the field L. So the norm L and norm L prime are equivalent. This tells that there exists some real number lambda positive such that the norm l prime of x equals the norm l of x to the power lambda for any element x in the field l now let small x in the field k be such that the norm k of x is not equal 1. This is possible because norm k is not trivial. In other words, we always assume that we, we are discussing about the non-trivial norm. There's a norm L prime of x equal 
the norm k of x equals the norm l of x to the power lambda equals the norm k of x to the power lambda. And hence, lambda equals 1. Here's a problem. Whether we need to require that the norm k is not trivial. Whether this is uh, whether this is essential. Whether we need the norm k be non-trivial. Let's repeat, the uniqueness is to show that if there are two extensions, norm L and norm L prime of uh, norm K, then they are the same norm. We have to sh show that norm L prime of X equals norm L of X. Uh, we only have to show the... Uh, yes, we have to show that they are the same. We only know that they are equivalent, so we have to show this canonical element associated with two norm, which is lambda, is actually one. How can we show this? It's because this lambda is independent of choice of x, so we choose element of k such that the norm of k is not one, then we see that this lambda must be one because the norm of uh, L prime, the L prime norm of X equals the norm K of X, while the norm L of X also equals norm K of X because they are both extensions of K. But norm L of X has to have to reason to the power lambda. This tells that norm K of X equals the norm K of X reason to power lambda. So lambda must be one. And here we use the fact that this norm K is not trivial. If it's trivial, then norm of x can be 1. We can also show that this lambda is 1. The second part we show the existence so this is the proof of the uniqueness of the extension of the norm and we have to prove existence let me put a remark here for the uniqueness notice that Finally, we have a 
come to a point that we show that two different extension help two different extension norm norm l and norm l prime are equivalent so which means that the norm l prime of x equals the norm l of x to some power lambda for any x in l and lambda positive real number not independent of the x canonical element and then we need to use the fact that the norm k is not trivial and then we conclude that lambda is one which seems that if we do, do not assume the norm is non-trivial, we have to allow the possibility that two different extension, two different extension of norm of a trivial norm can be not equal but just equivalent. But actually, in another lecture note, we find that this is uh, actually not the case or so the conclusion is no matter the beginning norm over k is trivial or non-trivial its extension is always unique we just have to add uh, one possibility or say one case assume that beginning norm is trivial norm and we're going to prove that an extension of it is still unique. Actually, we will show that its extension is still trivial norm. How do we do this? So let's take any element, which is non-zero. So it's a multiplicative element, is it a face field extension in this field extension L it's in L it's in L star and hence this extension is algebraic extension we can find some element some integer n positive such that this x in L star, this chosen x, which is non-zero as we said, satisfy the following equation, x to the power n plus a1 times x to the power n minus 1 plus etc. plus a n equals 0. For some n positive integer and with a1, a2 until an in the field k. This is the definition of the algebraic extension, okay? And then this implies the existence of some pair of element i and j such that 0 is less or equal than i, less than j, less or equal than n. 0 less equal than i, i less than g, g less equal than n, such that the norm L of a i times x to the power n minus i equals 
norm L of AJ times X to the power N minus J. With the conversion that A0 equals one in this expression. Why this is the case? Before we explain why this is okay, let's see what happens. Then we will have the norm L of X to the power N minus I equals the norm L of X to the power to the power N minus J. It's because we assume the norm K is the trivial norm, so so the norm of AI are or trivially one. Hence we have X, the norm L of X to the power G minus I equals one, but G minus I is non-zero, so which tells you the norm L of X is one. And so the norm L of any element X is one, and we show that this norm L is trivial. Okay, now let's come back to the left question. Why this norm have to satisfy that there exists some i and j whose norm of the term is equal and bigger than zero? It's because that look at the two sides of the equality, the right-hand side is norm is zero. And the left-hand side, the norm of the summation. What happens if every monomial has norm different? If every term has monomial, if every monomial has norm different, then we can arrange it from smaller to bigger. And let's first say if this is extension of RMFI norm. If the norm is non-RMFI, then the norm of the summation has first separated into two groups, the most smaller one and the, those bigger equal than this, those bigger than this. So the norm of the first one is smaller and the norm of the second group of summation Sorry, we, we restart, we start from separating the monomial has the biggest norm, the norm of the biggest one, and the left part has its norm less equal than the maximal of each one. But the maximal of each one is, for each term is smaller than this biggest norm, and so this is a 
norm of summation of two part with different norm. So evaluation equals the norm of the maximum, so which gives you, so the left hand side should be the norm of the maximum one, but it's not true. And we saw that the right hand side has norm zero. What happened for norm net, not necessarily Nash-Medin? Or I put a question here. If I start with a Nash-Medin valued field, does its extension must be a Nash-Medin valued field? Yes, it should be the case. Why? Because we have we have gave a criterion of non Ashmedin norm, which is norm being non-Ashmedin norm is is just is only determined by its norm on natural number. Remember, a norm is non-Ashmedin if and only if the norm of n is less equal than one for whatever n natural number. So if we start with a Nash meaning norm, and if we have extension, then this extension will restrict to those integers, of course, it's inside the beginning field. So it's the same norm at the beginning. So if the beginning is a Nash meaning field norm, so the extended norm restricted on the Natural numbers is still less equal than one, so it is again Nash meeting. So what we have argued it works. This gives you the proof of the uniqueness. And now let's say the existence part proof. This part of proof is a bit longer. So let's look at it. We prove that the norm L of X equals the norm K of norm L over K of X to the power of one over N. We define a norm. We, we, we show that this defines a norm on L and this extends the norm of K. Let's take any element X in field K. So the norm L of X as our, def our definition given just now equals the norm k inside norm of l over k x outside the norm power one over n. What is this? This equals because s is taken, x is taken in k. So the norm of l over k of x is just x to the power n. Recall that this small n is the dimension of L over K. We come back. So this equals the K norm inside X to the power N outside one to one over N. So this equals the norm K of X, which, which 
tells that this is an extension of k. And then let's check whether it satisfies the condition to be a norm. First, let's check the multiplication. Norm L of x times y equals, again, by definition, norm k inside, norm L over k of x times y outside to the power 1 over n. This equals by the def by the property of the uh, norm L over k, it equals norm k inside norm L over k x times norm L over k times y outside norm k to the power of 1 over n. This equals to norm L of x times norm L of y. Now we're going to prove that this is a norm. It is only left to prove the third condition, which we will prove that norm L of 1 plus x is less equal than 2 for any x with L norm less equal than 1. Now let x be element of L. So the norm L of x is less equal than 1. And suppose this norm of L of x is less equal than 1. Now we consider the map fx from L to L, which maps alpha to x times alpha. Firstly, let's assume that L equals extension of K by this element, small x, then 1 x, x squared, until x to the power n minus 1 is the basis of this field L over the field K. Then we define mx, the matrix of this small fx, this map fx, in this basis. Recall that this fx is defined for any alpha, map it to x times alpha. And l has a basis. And the question is, is this fx a linear transformation? Is it k-linear? Is it l-linear? Yes, this is obviously l-linear transformation. So you can write it in other matrix, in the form of matrix. What is the determinant of this matrix mx? It is the norm of l over k evaluate on x by definition. It is the norm of L over k evaluate on x by definition.
And this Mx is element of Mn parenthesis k. All the n times n matrix with coefficients in k. This is a finite key vector space. If this Mx has its coefficient small m i j with i less equal than n, j less equal than n, then we set infinite norm of fx to be the maximal of all the k norm of m i j for i and j wiring. We want to prove that the infinite norm of mx to the power k are bounded independently on k. If the norm L of x is less equal than one, bounded independently on k, means that this mx to the power small k is bounded. No matter you change the power small k to whatever, okay. Now we define big S. S is uh, all consists of all the elements of this M N parenthesis K such that the infinite norm of A equals one. Exercise is left to the reader to show that this is compact. And then we assume that there exists some small K S small k subscript s goes to plus infinity such that the infinite norm of m to the power small k subscript s equals the k norm of small b subscript k subscript s tends to plus infinity when small s tends to plus infinity. Suppose that there exists such small k subscript s such that the infinite norm of m to the power small k subscript s goes to plus infinity. When this subscript s goes to plus infinity, And then we consider big B subscript small k subscript s equals big M to the power ks over small b subscript ks. And it is it is an element of the big S we just defined, whose infinite norm equals one. Because we we just uh, defined this small b subscript ks to be an element of big k whose k norm equals the infinite norm of m to the power ks so m to the power ks divided by this b subscript ks has norm one and it's in this big s one can extract a, a convergent subsequence of big b subscript small ks 
and we denote it again by big B subscript smoking S. And then we define big B to be the limit of big B subscript smoking S that S goes to plus infinity. And this is the element of big S. And we notice that big B times big M equals big M times big B because big B subscript key S commute with big M. Big B subscript KS commute with big M. By definition, big B subscript KS is big M to the power KS over uh, element of K. So it commute with big M. And now the determinant of big B equals the limit of the determinant of big B subscript KS. S goes to plus infinity. So this equals the limit of determinant of big M to the power KS over small b subscript KS to the power N that S goes to plus infinity. This is just by definition of uh, big B KS and the determinant up to multiply, multiplying by constant, we can remove it out by raising to nth power because this is n times n matrix. So the determinant of big B now equals the limit S goes to plus infinity. The determinant, the, yes. Again, so now the key norm of determinant of big B is the key norm of the limit part just described. We move the limit outside. It's the limit of S goes to plus infinity. Now here is a fractional number. The in the numerator, this is the k norm of determinant of big M outside to the power k subscript s. Over in the numerator, we have the k norm of a small b subscript k s outside norm raising to the power n. And this is the limit, s goes to plus infinity. Numerator, key norm inside, norm of L over k evaluated on x, outside to the power ks, which is less equal to one. And the numerator is the norm k of b subscript ks to the power n, which goes to infinity. The norm k of b subscript ks goes to plus infinity is by our assumption. There exists such ks such that infinity norm of m to the power ks equals the key norm of b subscript ks goes to plus infinity when s goes to plus infinity. Why this norm L over K is less than one? What we assume is the norm L of X is less equal than one. 
this norm L of x by our definition, it is the norm L over k value time x. The k is a key norm value risen to the power 1 over n. By definition, we assume this is less equal than 1. If it's 1 over n's power is less equal than 1, but the power is positive power, so itself must be less equal than 1. And passing to the limit, finally we go back to the key norm of determinant of b. Tells you that the determinant of b equals 0, because the norm equals 0, so this determinant of b is 0. Now we construct another map C from L to L, a key linear map, such so that the matrix of C under the basis 1x until x to the power n minus 1 is matrix B, that there exists some alpha in L non-zero, such that C alpha equals 0. Because it's determined to be zero, so it's not injective. So its kernel is non-trivial. And then, as we just as we observed, b m equals m b implies that c composes f x equals f x f subscript s. This is the map we just defined. So c commute with f subscript s. And then Psi evaluate on x to the power i times alpha equals Psi composed with fx reason to the power f subscript, subscript x reason to power i evaluate at alpha equals fx power i composed with Psi alpha. Psi alpha is zero, so this is zero. This implies that Psi evaluate x to the power i times alpha is zero for any power i equals 0, 1 until n. This implies that c is actually 0. So c alpha equals 0 plus the fact that c commute with fx and the fact that fx is defined to be such that fx alpha is just x alpha implies that c evaluated any x to the power i times alpha is 0 implies that c equals 0 because x to the power i times alpha is also a basis. Alpha is just a non-zero element. And hence, this implies that this matrix B is zero. But this matrix B is inside that set of S, which has norm one. So this is a contradiction. It's well proved that the infinite norm of M to the power K must be bounded, which means that there must exist some constant C, such that the infinite norm of the big M to the power small K it's less equal than C for any k bigger than 1. So it's independent, this constant is independent of the power of big M. Now, let big A be a matrix in Mn, parenthesis, big K, 
with coefficients small a i j i bigger equals than one let's see equals than n and so is j so the case case so the k norm of the determinant of big a is the k norm of summation of all the possibly multiplication but definition of determinant of this aij and so it's by the triangular inequality is less equal than n factorial the infinite norm of a to the power small n and recall that the l norm of x is less equal than one so the l norm of one plus x equals the k norm of norm inside the k norm inside norm l over k parenthesis one plus x outside the key norm to the power of one over n by definition of the l norm and this equals key norm of determinant of one plus m outside the key norm to the power of one over n more generally reason to m's power the l norm of one plus x outside to the power m equals the k norm inside determinant of one plus big m to the power of small m outside norm to the power of one over n and this is less equal than n factorial to the power of one over n times infinite norm inside one plus m to the power m this equals n factorial to the power of one over n times summation k equals zero to big m cmk infinite norm of big m to the power k less equal than n factorial to the power of one over n times constant c times 2 to the power m finally this tells that the l norm of 1 plus x equals taking the nth root on both sides equals c1 to the power of 1 over m times 2 and this has limit 2 actually this is less equal than this it has limit 2 this is for the case this is only for the case L is K adding element X. And then for general case, you have to consider K is containing K of X. K S is containing K adding X is containing field L. Then the norm of L for X, the norm L for X equals norm K inside norm of L over K evaluated at X raising to the power of 1 over N equals norm K inside norm kx over k evaluated at x raising to the power of one over the dimension of kx over k and use the observation that the norm of l over k evaluated at x equals the norm of kx over k evaluated at norm of l over kx evaluated at x equals the norm of kx over k evaluated at x outside reason to the power dimension of l over k of x you have to think about this for a while this finished the proof so for this part of the proof is very long and it's not very well explained but we, we have idea what are the tricks used and there are some ideas which not in the exercise level. Okay.